0: Welcome back to For the Water Cooler, the podcast where you get to chat with your favorite co-workers about what you watched last night. I'm Matt Scalise, and Joining me as always, my virtual office buddy, Caroline Darney. Happy Thanksgiving, Caroline. I hope, hope you had a great weekend. I did. I had
1: a, a different... We did, my sister came over and we did Chinese food. Because
0: That's right. Food. You texted me yeah. about this. I was. Yeah. I actually love this. I am a... <laughs> I'm a huge Chinese food fiend, <laughs> so I need to know what you got.
1: So it actually, and this is like not normal for us. It was just because of some other different family things that popped up. We were not able to have like the big meal, and uh, sadly, no mom's mashed potatoes.
0: So sorry, guys. Yes, no, uh, um, no kid cuisine. This yeah,
1: year. no kid cuisine was that. <laughs> um, my sister did uh, Hunan tofu. Interesting.
0: Um, only See, bro- I never do the tofu, even though mm-hmm. I my wife is vegetarian. So I'm like, I, I have really opened myself up to vegetarian food a lot more as I've yeah. gotten older. But I have not done the like, I have not branched out into the Chinese food tofu. I
1: have absolutely not either. That is, I don't know where, I don't know how or why that became her thing. But she's always, so there used to be this place in Charlottesville called um, Panda Garden.
0: And it was, Man, what a what an absolute classic Chinese restaurant.
1: I know. And it was so, <laughs> in the like, wheel. and it was like 50 yards from our, so she's two years older. I went and we, and then she, we had moved back from Germany. So she ended up like applying to and getting in, like getting selected for the international dorm, which normally people like first years didn't like, didn't live in. Cause it was just for not even that further away, but like all the first years want to live together and do first year things and whatever. <laughs> and so, um, I went to visit her and it was great. It's in a great spot and they had like a lot of extra budget and they had like bagels every Wednesday and like money for trips and like all these things. So I was like, this is so cool. And so she, um, like again, we had just come back from Germany. So she was like, why would I not, this, this would be cool. Um, and it's only about like 30% international students, which is what ends up being kind of like, Oh, bummer. Um, and so a lot of people get like placed in there if like for overflow from the other dorms where there's not enough space or something um and actually one of my like best friends from high school ended up with the floor above us but that's neither here nor there but anyway when i got to uva megan was still living in the dorms because she was like this is great why would i move out and so i was like oh let me move in there. That'd be super fun. So I lived down the hall from her. And so we would like, that's fun. Hang out all the time. And, uh, we would go to Panda garden and they knew our order. when We called <laughs> like, Man, so I that's... would do the shrimp fried rice. She would do the Hunan tofu, extra spicy. Uh, see, this were where we're totally different. That's what I'm saying. It's like, she gets everything like extra spicy and they would be like, are you sure you want extra spicy? It's really spicy. And she's like, yeah. yeah. And she would love it. So she got that. Um, and then we got chicken fried rice and I got, um, beef and broccoli.
0: Beef and broccoli is classic. classic. That's a solid
1: one. I think they stopped. I also really like sesame chicken, and I think they stopped having it. Like, I can't find it in the menu anymore. Um, sesame chicken's like to
0: me. That's like yeah. a staple Chinese. So food. I don't
1: you know if they like moved it into a different section because it's not under chicken anymore. You
0: either gotta have sesame chicken or you gotta have orange chicken, and they're basically the same thing. <laughs> but same thing, yeah. yeah, but you have to have one of them. You need <laughs> the orange the the red orange colored. Which is very natural. Basically candied chicken nuggets yes. is what we
1: like. <laughs> no wonder I like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> the funniest is, so we originally planned to go to, or to pick up from this place called Plaza Azteca, which has, I don't know like how far the chain spreads, but it's in Virginia. Like we've been to one in um, like the Williamsburg area. And it's so good. They do like the tableside guac and they've
0: got the like. So that's really uh, really the move here, the Thanksgiving move is, is you get Mexican and Chinese. Well,
1: so I called in the morning and they didn't answer. And so that was our plan the whole time was to do Plaza Azteca first. And so we're like, okay. And I was like, bad news. I don't think Plaza Azteca is open. So when I tried to call um, the Chinese place here, Red Lantern, um, it was like, I called a switchboard Whatever the busiest day in modern history would have been for a switchboard and it was just like hold on please
0: hold on please like all this stuff and i was like well they're open (laughs) you probably get you probably are getting a fair amount of folks like yourself and then Mm -hmm. also like it's probably a go-to backup for thanksgiving disasters yeah shout shout out Shout out to our friends at Shutdown Down Fullcast. Uh, we'll, we'll do our first pop culture recommendation of the show today. Yes. If You've never listened to the it's called Thanksgiving Disasters. If you search for it on your favorite podcast app and you will find the Shutdown Fullcast episode of that title. It really, like you don't need to care or know anything about sports. Just listen. It is one of the most, I would say, perfect pieces of podcasting ever produced.
1: Yeah, it's excellent. Any actually, any of their disaster episodes are yes, for Uh, sure. Any of their episodes, honestly, the
0: disaster episodes are actually how I got my teenage daughter to listen to podcasts with me for the first time (laughs) because I just would would play them and leave it on, and she didn't complain. And then she's like silently turning her head away from me, laughing because she doesn't want me to know that (laughs) that that I like something good. (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's amazing yeah it was it ended up being like we had such a lovely time it got here so quickly by the way i was like okay let me order now because i anticipate like it could take a little bit because like you know um because like i said it was like calling the busiest place in the entire universe um and it got here so fast it was so good and it was just a ton of fun because then we watched while you were sleeping which is one of my favorite christmas movies Um, We thought it had more, it does not start before Thanksgiving. It's really just spans like Christmas day to new year's. Um, But
0: classic underrated rom-com. It's definitely in that, like, it's it's funny because, and we're so, so without, without going further down this road, I I should set (laughs) us up by saying we, one of the things we want to talk about today is Uh, movies let's say movies we want to watch during the holidays and it doesn't have to be a christmas movie i know that's been a big debate in recent years we don't need to be the ones having the diehard is diehard a christmas movie debate this is is simply like the stuff you watch this time of year and it can honestly be for a lot of different reasons and and a couple of the movies that I would say I always go back to this time of year. We're going to be talking about in the second half of today's show with our guest Megan Hall who's going to be talking to us about Sister Act 1 and 2 double um, double feature today. I am I'm so excited to talk about that with her. But so rom-coms I do think are like for they they not not just I mean and I think like Hallmark, the Hallmark phenomenon is aware yes. of this and is capitalizing on it that for some reason this time of year people want it's not just the christmasy part of it people just like watching rom-coms this time of year yeah. and i don't have a theory on this i wonder if you do
1: it's just the um it's the feel good side of things it's the stuff that works out like it's like comforting and like you don't want to be sitting with the twinkling of your christmas tree lights and like like, there's a reason that I think Thanksgiving and, and obviously Halloween work so well for horror. And there are people that watch horror and whatever during Christmas. Like, there's, you know.
0: I, I like, definitely watch way less of it, I would say. Yeah. And I'm a person who watches a fair amount of it. There's always a play
1: on some of the kind of out of genre things where you have like Bad Santa that comes out around. But if you look at like the big releases around Christmas or in December, there's a lot of like. Rom coms are like things you can take the whole family to. It's a family thing, like people spending time together. Like, you don't want to be reminded of like loneliness and sadness. <laughs> you know? like, it's just kind of the like, I you think I watched, feel
0: good stories. I think I watched the movie 1917, like the week of oh, Christmas God. a couple of years ago when it came out. And man, it was sobbing. Absolutely brutal. But yeah, no, I, I, you know, I definitely, the older I get, especially the more I watch sort of like you said, feel goody things. Mm-hmm. I, I, one thing that I have found myself doing a lot more in recent years because uh, spoiler alert, turn, turn this off. If you have kids in the car with you, but you know, mom and dad have to wrap presents. I, we only mom and dad only wrap some of the presents. Okay. The, the, Cause some, obviously the rest of them come from Santa, but yes, obviously the, 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 the like night before thing, Is a rare time where where you have like busy work to do, and you're you're for for us, we're sitting up in some cases like assembling things, wrapping things. It's good to have a movie on, and Wes Anderson movies have been one that we've watched the last few years. Cute. I think there's like it's a very even though there's some dark subject matter in those, I think like the aesthetics of it they're they're gen, they're generally very like chill movies and they're pleasant pictures to have on your big TV to look at you know it's all like it, it's it's cozy to watch a Wes Anderson movie
1: <laughs> you're like i want to watch memento you know <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't, yeah. Zodiac, usually around Christmas. Christopher Nolan and David Fincher are probably not going to get a ton of traffic from me right around
1: Christmas. Seven days out from Christmas, we watch seven. It's a standing (laughs) tradition. No, and I think that's where you also get, I mean, this is the, I don't think there really should be a debate as to what is a Christmas movie, et cetera, et cetera, because it's just whatever, like, that's why the Die Hard one, I'm like, it's set at Christmas. It's literally at a Christmas party. Would you call Die Hard a feel-good movie? oh yeah the good guys win hello yeah i think so i mean so i don't know if i have i told you i would put my christmas tree up every year to die hard because i had it on a deployment and i that you could pick up a little like tupperware container of a fake christmas tree at the like front desk on base of like Mm -hmm. the place that we were like staying for the three months or whatever and i was like that would be lovely to have a little tree my little like sweet thing um yeah in the navy we stay in suites. it's just like a little (laughs) temporary housing spot. Um, and I looked at the collection of DVDs that I had taken with me because again, when it's like 2010, like you take DVDs with you because there was no, you know? Um, and so I was like, Die Hard, that's at a Christmas party. I'm gonna watch that. And so every year since I've watched Die Hard as I put my Christmas tree up. So I did it yesterday. Um, but you know, you also look at like, Harry Potter has become a very popular
0: Christmas right. time. I think yeah. they actually marathon those on, on whatever the channel is called yeah. these days, this time of year. Is it called Freeform yeah. now? I think so. Yeah. Something like that.
1: Um, and that makes sense. Cause again, it's partly the like family story time together, something mm-hmm. that you grew up, like your kids enjoy that the parents. Yeah. It's multi-generational. Multi- yeah. Multi-generational. Um, And also every story has something that usually takes place over like the Christmas holiday in the book or whatever. Um, And so I like those. And then there's like the true, you've got true rom-coms that are um, the holiday. 10 out of 10, no no, notes. We
0: have talked about the holiday before. Although my, in my opinion, I, I would say one half of it's way better than the other half. I'm not, I'm not a big, not a big fan of the Jude Law, no. Cameron Diaz half of the movie, but I it love the, the other half.
1: It is the handsomest Jude Law has ever looked in his entire life. If you rent a cottage and he rolls up, you have won <laughs> the lottery. I do agree with you that I don't like the, the storyline with, with uh, Kate Winslet and Jack Black in The Neighbor is like the cutest thing that has ever existed. Yeah. And I will cry and I just like those people more. I will that. cry every single time.
0: That I think Cameron Diaz has, has had, really is, is good at it. some things, but I yes. don't know that I will ever find her relatable in a movie.
1: <laughs> no, hundred percent. No, absolutely not. And whenever when she wore the like high-heeled boots to like get that's the stuff too that drives me nuts in like Hallmark movies, I'm like, someone just get a pair of flats. Like, what are you doing? Where like just wear sensible shoes like one time in your life. Just well, Carolyn.
0: They have to fall at some point so that so that not. someone can catch them, right? Um, no one packs like a reasonable person
1: either. I just I can't. It drives me nuts. Um <laughs> have you seen <laughs> speaking of movies with holiday in the title, have you seen Last Holiday? Now remind me what Last Holiday
0: is. Queen
1: Latifa, um and oh my god, I can see his face. LL Cool J. So she I have gets, not like, seen
0: this, but I, I oh, it, it's, it's so ring nice. no, it's ring a bell.
1: She mistakenly gets a um, like you have two months to live brain scan. Wow. Because there was a mistake with the machine. At work, because she like had an injury at work, like she slipped and fell and like hit her head or something. And the the she worked at a department store, and she was like the employee of the month. She was just like grinding it out, but she loved to cook, so she cooked like did like cooking class. I absolutely love this movie, and so she goes, <laughs> she finds out that she's got like three months to live is what she's told. So she's like, screw it, like quits her job, takes all like takes all of her money and decides to like go do all the things that she's always wanted to do. And so she goes to this like really nice hotel in like, I forget, Monaco or something. And it's Christmas time. And she wants to like eat. And it's a uh, Gerard Depardieu is the chef that she wants to like have this meal from. <laughs> and she ends up like, because she looks so fancy, because she's just blowing all of her money, because she's like, "What am I going to do with it? I'm dying in two months." Um, they're all everyone's like, "Ooh, who's that? Ooh, who's that?" And it's like, it's just the, oh, I absolutely this is, very, love this it. is sort of
0: Brewster's Millions, so like, oh, a, like a slightly different take on and that. No,
1: that's Jay is so great in it, and he like works with her at the um at the uh like department store and -hmm. he's the one that like finds out that like she's not dying and he's like trying to like track her down to tell her that she's not and it's just like the (laughs) cutest thing and it's so it's a very like yes it's a very cheesy thing where it's like live your life to the fullest yeah but you know what like this is when
0: we talk about like the kinds of movies that don't get made anymore yeah especially with stars like like this is this is exactly this is a great example of that because was is that movie in any situation? Is that movie going to make a hundred million dollars? No, but like oh, the so version good. of that movie that we get now are only really made for TV, and they're made with actors you've never heard of before, or like an actor who was on a sitcom in the early nineties, okay. and now they're an yeah. adult.
1: We don't need to take any more shots at Danica McKellar. <laughs> this is Candace not Cameron
0: <laughs> Burr or whatever. <laughs>
1: We don't but like look, at, point, at some
0: point I think you and Alex are going to have to do an episode with me. You <laughs> y'all make me watch a Hallmark Christmas movie because I've never seen one and I'm pre-judging. But like
1: uh, I want to say I want to say I'm going to make you watch Christmas at the Plaza because there are a few I always I hate to, if I repeat myself so I apologize to anyone is listening. That's we a normal talk, podcast thing to do. Yeah, we talk talked about Hallmark movies off and on a little bit, but there are legitimately a handful that are like actually good.
0: Well, like, see, that's what I, I what I would want is for you guys to say, this this right here is why I watch these
1: things. Okay, there's a maybe little, okay, that's so
0: not like, the best one. Maybe it's the worst one, but like I want hmm. y'all to show me the one that makes people go, "This is why I watch these things." <laughs>
1: well, every, every single, single every single Hallmark movie has this general like roller coaster of emotions where you're like, okay, this is starting. This is going to be so dumb. And then throughout it, you're like, oh, I wonder if they're going to get together. You're like a very sarcastic phase. And then there's like whatever the um <laughs> like...
0: So you uh, go into a cynical been, as a viewer. Oh yeah, you're I'm going in going, this 100%. is going to be so stupid. and
1: percent then- And then you spend the first 15 minutes trying to remember <laughs> if you'd seen the guy before in any, any of the other ones or if he looked kind of familiar or if it's like, she's been in something else and it's like a late... Oh, he, like was in, he was
0: in Bows of Holly two years ago or whatever. Okay, listen. Or
1: or it starts and you're like, oh, I love Ryan Pavey. <laughs> like, there's some where he's in it. And I'm like, yes. Or it starts and there's one where there's one where like she the woman is neighbors with um uh oh my god, I just had his name, uh, Jesse Metcalf. <laughs>
0: You know I know the name Jesse Metcalf.
1: Yeah, and he hates Christmas, and he's got one of those modern-looking houses, and she's got the one with all the lights outside. I don't like that one. I skip that one. I'm like, ugh, don't like this one. Um, so there are definitely ones where you're like, ugh, don't like this. Um, if they already start out together, I generally will skip it. If, if it starts and they're like a married couple, Cause, like because they're gonna have a fight and then get back together. Yeah, I don't believe that. Don't, that don't there's always or there's time travel in those, or not time travel, but like. <laughs> Where it's like, what our life could have been if we weren't together,
0: and I was like, I don't care. Okay, um, so kind of, a, kind of like a, like a take on, uh, it's a wonderful life.
1: Yeah, there's a few. So generally, if they start out together. I'm like, no. Um, there's a few that are like in the same. There's some that like in that same vein where they already started out together, there's some that are like sequels or like trilogies of like. This is the other
0: thing we need to do is like, we need to diagram this into categories. hundred yes, like percent. To to so. We need to establish the tropes. Of, Cause I, <laughs> we need to have a name for, I know everyone's written it out and done lots of great mm. tweets about it. We, there needs to be a name for the, for the specifically the one where the girl comes from the big, big city, big and city girl
1: Christmas comes again? home yeah. to
0: small town. Meets bar, like the guy who never left the bartender or whatever.
1: Uh, excuse me, Christmas tree farm owner.
0: Christmas tree farm owner, stuff bartender. Like that.
1: Uh, the funniest thing Elk about man. The funniest whatever. thing about um tree eggnog. Tree. The El- eggnog man. There's never a divorcee in the in the Hallmark universe. Yeah, only widows. Only widows. <laughs> Hallmark
0: is like we don't see and like honestly at a certain point it, it really is like and i'm i I'm i think i think when you make such a high volume of something mm-hmm. it's you it's so clearly like science is being applied to it and, oh, and yeah there's something somewhat like, like it's worth learning about this and why certain ones work. The phenomena.
1: What yeah. I need to do, what I've always wanted to do, and like sit down and like actually create a spreadsheet that is essentially like <laughs> what the main protagonist jobs were, what yes. the, what the plot was, like in the scent plot, loose term, like what brought them there. What's the pr- like? There's always like a baking competition. Uh, there's always like some sort of unnecessary. Um, contention. So whether it's like a lot of times what'll happen is you'll be cruising along. You're like, they're so cute together. Oh no. He doesn't know that she's the lawyer from the company that's trying to shut them down. And like, that's the big fight that ensues. So when you're going on this, like, you know, Oh, this is going to be so dumb. Can't wait. Journey. There's always the thing where it's like, oh my God, this is so stupid. Like, just talk. Like, this is so. And then by the end, you're like, this was the cutest thing I've ever seen. I'm so glad that they're together.
0: And I hope it works out. And then you're like, oh, a new one's starting. (laughs) So, so I just Googled how many Hallmark Christmas movies are there total. Uh, and, And, and according to. According it's to gotta be at least six hundred. This is a Forbes story that was that was published in November 2023. There there are to date. This says there have been more than three hundred Christmas movies and a handful of Hanukkah films.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
0: So, 300,
1: so that's it. They usually do like three yeah, ones a year. I think they have picked
0: up. I think they have. I think they have increased years. their output. Yeah. yeah. Because it looks like they have forty-two new ones this year we alone.
1: Before, th- before October, in October,
0: the count yeah. from Christmas started in October.
1: Um, but I was so, say- like,
0: they're, they're rapidly expanding. Like oh. I, I would say, if it's if it's at three hundred now, we're going to be just- at, we're going to be at five hundred in like two years that's just the christmas movies because
1: they also do like spring fling stuff they do like they so they've don't create a little mini mini seasons they don't stop like making
0: these
2: yeah
1: at all like they do them over the summer and it's hiking based you know like it's it's all year like that they have these movies coming out. I don't know. They must sign the actors on for like five at a time. Like they must be in the contract
0: that you do like five of them. Yeah. I mean like it's a, at a certain point it is essentially like they're making a TV show. It's just that none of them are connected
1: to each right. other. Right. So all. I will t- so my mom consistently will call me and tell me when Christmas at the Plaza is on cuz it is one that we both have been like it's legitimately like good. Like it's, it, and it's got um, the, the Citizen Kane um, of Walmart <laughs> Christmas. It's got the woman, the adorable, like British woman from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the brunette, not Daisy, but the. Uh, the
0: the Fitz,
1: is that yes. it? Is? Yes, she's in it. And then the guy, Ryan Pavey, who I just mentioned, who's incredibly good looking and charming. Um, and she is like a historian that got hired by the Plaza in New York to do this, like display of these stupid Christmas tree toppers over the years that they've had there. And there's like one missing and there's like this history behind it. It's like so ridiculous, but it is so cute. It's not as ridiculous as one of my other favorites that I don't know the name of and I'll have to look it up. But again, Ryan Pavey. <laughs> it's
0: act- unbelievable that this, this guy's like a legend in this one particular little world. I know. He's so handsome. He legitimately travels through time, <laughs> 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 comes into the future. <laughs> I mean, look, This look, to be fair, OK, so to be handsome. fair, the, the the original, the OG, well, not the original, I guess that's the nativity story, but like the, the one we all know, the oldest other one, which is which is Charles Dickens' uh, Christmas Carol, that is a time travel story.
1: It is. So it's fine. Is. It's fine, it's fine yeah. to
0: do time travel Christmas movies. It's
1: so, and the woman that he falls in love with, spoiler alert, is working at the mansion that he lived in. And so it's like a historical site now, whatever. And it's been a historical site because I forget like what his role or who he was, whatever. He's like a big, big name in the town until he went missing because <laughs> he went to the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so bad. Um, there's all, I always will watch a Royal themed one. Someone gets hired as a nanny and then they find out it's for a prince. Love it. No notes. Flawless. Uh and then one of my other favorites was these two, this couple that were put on a book tour together. Great movie, loved it.
0: So i i want to I want to throw two because the 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 New York element is is a huge part of Christmas movie culture. Yeah i i i, I think that's interesting, and I, I i don't i I guess it's probably because a lot of like what we think of as Christmas culture was basically invented in new york and and just sort of disseminated to other parts of the country mm-hmm. from there the idea of having a big christmas tree in the center of the town seems yeah. like that that is lit up in a ceremony like if you tell i i don't know this to be the case but if you told me that new york invented that that seems right to me the the <laughs> you know the the macy's parade obviously i would say is a part of sort of christmas season culture yeah even though it's on thanksgiving having Santa Clauses in department stores. Like all, all of these things are New York-y. And I, I think it's it's a lot of those New York based Christmas movies are the ones that I think of as like sort of I gotta watch this at some point this year. And and <clears throat> I I think probably this is true for most places, but uh in where I live in Birmingham, Alabama, we have a, a big fancy old like uh, you know, 120, 130 year old theater downtown that's been like preserved and is still intact. And they they show Christmas movies there all through December. And we try to get to at least one of them every year. Elf, Elf is definitely one of the ones we regularly go to. I think that's what we're going to this year. Yeah. That's a New York Christmas movie. Home Alone 2 is a great Christmas movie, and I, and I don't think it gets the hype that Home Alone 1 does, but I think Home Alone 2 is very good.
1: I love the Home Alone, what was it, I think it's like a, it's on social media going around the screenshot of the Reddit thing where it's like, he did a lot of stuff, he did what he needed to in Home Alone. And then and a lot of stuff he didn't. That's right. There's some
0: <laughs> there's for sure some sadism in Kevin
1: yeah, he's, I think he had it covered. Yeah. But then you hit him in the face with a can of paint. Like <laughs> a lot of unnecessary. Yeah, those are both. Yeah.
0: And um, then and then you've got both versions of uh Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, which are which are very good in their own ways. I had I actually didn't see the new one until new one. fairly recently. Like not yeah. new, like it's from the nineties, but like uh both very very good movies are you
1: an annual um christmas story and um what is the other one i'm just i was just thinking of oh so, it's a wonderful life
0: i i don't I, I did not necessarily grow up watching it's a wonderful life Damn i've you. seen it and it's fine yeah. Uh, at, I don't need that emotional trauma every year. Yeah, it's a lot. A like, um, real heavy. Francesca watches, Francesca's really big on the movie Meet Me in St. Louis, which has become associated with Christmas because it's actually where the song um, the, the, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. I had to sing it in my head to get to where it was. <laughs> the, the, that, that's, it comes from that movie, even though it's yeah. not a movie exclusively about Christmas. That is a... Uh, I, and like, it's a great movie. I think it's an all time one of the best movies of all it's time. Not, I is don't
1: it bad that the only reference I have for that is that isn't that what um, Jennifer Hudson gives Sarah Jessica Parker in the Sex and the City
0: movie? I you'll be surprised to hear I've not seen this. What? Sex and what? City movie. I'm just kidding. But she. But but I mean right it's. Yet. It is a it is a great movie. I don't know that I want to watch it around Christmas time because it is heartbreaking. It is oh, it is. See, I don't need that. It really mm. hurt, it hurts my heart to watch it. But I mean, but I mean, a I mean, lot I mean, of people love that at Christmas time. The the I really I really do like a Christmas story a lot. I don't know that I want to watch it over and over again on TBS.
1: No. You don't want to watch it tw- twelve times, and it, <laughs> it is
0: it uh, is uh, as I have referenced on the pod before. Uh, I once for a weird uh, hobby blog thing in the early days of blogging, watched every single movie that was released in 1983 Mm -hmm. and a Christmas story is one of them. And actually I would say one of the best movies that came out that year. It is, it is genuinely very funny movie. (laughs) Um, And like sort of like a weird dark sense of humor, but not nasty, like not in a, like, it's like, I think they do a really good job of like this. It's absurd to be a child, and it's a little bit like somewhat horrifying to be a child. And I think it does a good job with that.
1: I always like the fragile.
0: That that's great. the the uh, the one the scene that always sticks out to me from that movie is when he's fantasizing, like he's in trouble with his parents, and they uh-huh. they put soap in his mouth. And as a punishment, and he yeah. has this fantasy that he goes blind, and has to, and his parents are weeping because it was their fault. I always <laughs> think that's extremely funny. That's that is some absolutely some stuff that would have happened in my brain. That is some child.
1: kid. That is some kid stuff right
0: there. Yes, really yeah. good. All right, well, uh, we're going to talk about two more of really my favorite movies of all time period, <laughs> but that I definitely like to watch this time of year right after the break when we are joined
1: by Megan Hall. All right, and welcome back, second half of the episode. We're super excited to be joined by our wonderful coworker Megan Hall, who you might know as a staff writer or Megan, the interviewer, who has been crushing it since she started We me, or having you on because of a Twitter exchange. And obviously people who listened last week know what we're going to talk about, but um, what brings you here today, Megan? Why are you joining us? <laughs>
2: Um, so apparently there is an unknown fascination, um, on my end and on Matt's end with a wonderfully delightful movie named Sister Act 2. And Matt and I were chopping it up over Twitter and he was like, oh, this is definitely going on the pod. I was so, I was so pumped.
1: He's mentioned it like multiple times too. And I was like, I I just need to watch it. Uh, This is one, I think it's one of those like I watched when they came out and haven't seen them since. So I did my due diligence. Well, I'm halfway through Sister Act 2. So we're going to have to like treat this. Haven't
2: seen it since. What? I
1: know. And I remember, like, so I finished Sister Act this morning. What a delightful flick. Also, Dame Maggie Smith should be in like everything. (laughs) She's just delightful. What What is, can you guys, I mean, I know what I liked about it, but what, Megan, what is it? about Sister Act the franchise that spoke like what's your background with it like did you see it in the theaters like what is it that brings you so much joy about this this two movie duet
2: yeah so I don't remember seeing it in theaters but I remember like watching it a lot on tv and we had the actual like movie in Warhead. my house um but I remember like Sister Sister Act the first movie it's a good movie right it's not bad or anything else like that but it definitely gives you full like 80s, early 90s vibes with the big Vegas lights and the big hair and the haircuts and all that, like mob gangsters, all that. (laughs) But then when you get to Sister Act 2, it's like, wait a minute, we're introducing new characters and they want Dolores back. And oh, by the way, we need you to make people sing. And so like it's just, I think a lot of it is Whoopi Goldberg's deadpan humor. Mm. And the nuns are so serious and she's like, no. Like so, I think <laughs> like it's just so funny watching her rationalize in real time. Real time they're like, no, 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 we, we need you to come back and teach. Um, also, highly underrated part of the Sister Act two is not even Whoopi Goldberg's humor, but it's the staff's humor. So that is like Father Crisp, that is like all the other um, <laughs> the priests there and the nun, Like it's 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 such like good humor. And I've seen that movie probably no less than like six hundred times. I'm not even kidding. Um, I could probably like say the lines frontwards, backwards, like you name it. Like, and I watch it when it comes on. Like I've never even seen it, and I crack up every time. Every time.
0: <laughs> That's me with aliens. I, I man, I cry every time I watch Sister Act two, and it's very specific parts, but it's like it is. I, I and I don't know. Like I, I think there there probably was a big gap of time where I did not watch it. I saw it in theaters when it came out with like my sister and my cousins. It was just like, you know, we need something for these kids to do for the day. So we're going to drop them off at a movie. This one seems fine. And I, I loved it. I, I, I definitely had a good time, but I, I don't know that I revisited it until it started playing on cable at some point, like fairly regularly. And I would just leave it on if I was flipping past and saw it. And over time there were just, I started to, I think appreciate a few different things about it that stuck out to me as a remarkable movie. Number one is that it's, it is a on top of, on top of just telling its story and being a feel good movie. It is a musical, but in an unconventional way, like it, it does not no offense to people who like glee, but it's not like the music the music happens in it in a way that I would say appeals to my millennial sensibilities, where like I don't cringe when they sing in this movie. It Great, is,
1: you drove away all of our glee.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. But but it's it's it feels like it's really happening in the story when people sing. Right. And the singing itself, like the fact that it's hard for some people to sing. And be musical is actually a big part of it. And I think that's like something for a lot of people our age is that we don't, it's very cringy to be that sincere. And like part of this movie is like, don't worry about it. Like if if it's something that makes you happy, you should just do it. And then the, the other part of this too, that I think I started to appreciate as I got older in recent years is that so and this is a lot of what i wrote about when i I actually wrote a thing about sister act two for for the win last year i love it this is this is a movie that i started to realize is like about a community where they have discarded young people and and not coincidentally a lot of young black people in the movie and i think a big a very cool part of this movie is that this is a Black director and black star, with a with a bunch of largely mostly black young people, and it's about them sort of, sort of like saying to these young people, "I know it seems like nobody cares what happens to you, but actually, yeah, you can you can still take sort of like take control of your community and your own destiny and do something." And uh, I I just like I don't know it's I'm like. I'm getting, I'm getting myself worked up about it. But I I didn't these were all things that like I think are definitely like not they're not ham-fisted about it. They don't say any of this stuff out loud, but the more yeah. I started to watch it in mm-hmm. recent years, these were ideas that started to jump out at me about this movie.
2: You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think about the kids hearing that they were gonna shut the school down, right? And they have this moment where they're like, man, like all we're trying to do is go to school, trying to get away from, you know, the environment that they live in. Right. Music was their escape for several kids. Um, And then you also have kids in the background who like music wasn't even on their radar. But because they went to the school, yeah, now music is something that they can actually do. And it's funny that you mentioned that because there's a big scene, a big, big scene where Cheryl, uh, (laughs) Cheryl talks to Lauren Hill. And she's Shirley Earth, Ralph. And she's Earth. like, she's Shirley like
0: Ralph, Incredible yes. in a very small part, but like absolutely kills it.
2: Yeah. She's like singing does not put food on the table. <laughs> singing is no way to a secure future, right? She's like crushing this child's dream, right? Right in real time. When Rita realizes like, Hey, I can actually sing mom. I really need you to come see this. Cause if, if you believe in me, I haven't a chance to get out of here. And so I think you're right. Like, I've never thought about the strike two and that like deep of a level, but you're, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> absolutely correct. And I love it. I love the fact that you like dove down because I'll be very honest with you. You don't see that in a lot of people where they're taking movies and really understanding the undertones or anything, right? Like I'll give you a perfect example. This is not the two, but when I got into college, I had to take a writing test and I don't even remember what the prompt was anymore, but I wrote about Shrek and <laughs> I remember taking that prompt and literally like unraveling like onions, unraveling <laughs> Shrek like layer by layer, and saying like hey, this is how it works. Now mind you, that magically got me to skip English 1101. I went straight to 1102. So it tells you my writing was pretty <laughs> decent. Um, but it's like you don't see that that often where people are peeling back those proverbial layers of the movie to say this is the real heart of what this movie was trying to get at. Yeah. It's a fun, it's a joyful, it's a playful movie. But this is really what they were trying to say in this movie. Yeah. It's, it's uh I, I mean
0: it's definitely it's definitely annoying to my friends and loved ones that I do this to every movie that I watch but, <laughs> but it's, fun. it's fun to do but I, I like listen I want to talk about a couple of I just want to like glow about the people in these movies because yeah, the the cat the whole cast is so fun and, and in recent years there's been talk of trying to do a third one. And it looks like they're sort of moving towards it, but Whoopi Goldberg, like one of the things that apparently held it back from happening, was she basically said, "I don't want to do it unless, like, most of the people who were in the other movies are in it because that's the whole fun of it." And I do think, like, Kathy Najimy, who plays the—I uh, I can't remember her her character's name—but she's like the extremely chipper, None, cheerful yeah. nun, um, the Big Voice is trying to reach reach actors. Yes. <laughs> That's right. She's, she's, she's such a fun and like necessary element of this because, because especially when Whoopi Goldberg's character is not like, she's not feeling it at all for, for most of the first movie. And the other, the other one to me that I think is really, obviously the first movie, but I think she's really important in the second one too, is the younger nun sister, Mary Robert. Yes. Who has this like, really sweet story in the first movie where she's basically realizing that, um, you know, you can, you can be yourself and you won't be punished for it, but there is, there is a, there is a scene in sister act two. And I don't know if you got far enough to see this Caroline, um, where Lauren Hill and remind me of her friend's name that who's actually a
2: Tanya. Tanya.
0: Who's an incredible singer in her own right. They're singing together. They think they're by themselves in the church Mm -hmm. and sister Mary Robert kind of sneaks in to watch them. And there's this like, first of all, Lauren Hill, who's 18 years old in this movie is crazy. Absolutely. Incredibly talented, like blows you away as soon as she opens her mouth in the movie. But, that scene to me is so cool because it's this, it's this like, once you've been, once you've had your moment and like had anything good happen to you in life that you sort of like earned for yourself and realize like, Hey, I've had this like cool realization about myself. It's like, all you want to do is go help other people get there. And that's what that little moment is. I think it's such a, I think it's such a neat little thing to put in this. Otherwise, just like, movie about teens doing a doing a show choir
2: well you know what's funny is that in that scene lauren is is trying to coach up tanya right to sing but you can also see that lauren is unsure of herself as well Mm -hmm. like her character is rita's rita is her character um and so tanya says okay well you take the top and i'll take the bottom Right. So they kind of find their way in that scene, which Lauren beautifully does the top and Tanya beautifully does the bottom. And it's just so cool to see them harmonize at once when they're not really trying. They're just kind of trying to find their way through. And after they do that singing, you know, the, Sister Mary Robert walks in and like catches them and she says, Oh, please don't stop singing. You have such a beautiful voice. And she's trying to convince them that, like, hey, they need to join the choir. They need to be here with, you know, Sister Mary Clarence. And you could still just see in that moment, like, when no one is watching they're so confident of themselves mm. but the moment someone sees like hey no 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 they're really good it's that that um oh no no i can't i can't it's too much um i think it reminds me of the quote and now we're getting really deep here but our deepest power is not is not that we're inadequate our deepest power is that we're powerful beyond measure and it's that it's that sort of moment for them where they're like Oh yeah, uh, we might actually be good, but no, 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 nobody needs to see this, you know. Yeah, it's thing.
0: clashing with like everything they think about themselves. Like they're not, they're yeah. they're not even comfortable with the idea that they could do that to somebody, that they could make somebody like have that strong of a reaction.
1: Lauren yeah.
2: Hill
0: is just
1: fantastic, her voice. So My, that
2: that, that about little, her in this movie, is and this, so love. so like to it's be go- to,
0: like, I, It was it was honestly years after i was because i was in middle school when the fujis came out and i was not aware at the time that this was the girl that i had seen in sister act two so it was like years later that i was like oh that's lauren hill that was in sister act two yeah but my i mean like because because that was maybe like three two three years before she became like a genuine huge music star um
1: I just want to make a plug for Killing Me Softly, I think is the best cover that has ever been done. Like (laughs) I know every single like different thing that she does with her voice in that song, like the very end bit. Like I that is a an always play when it comes on shuffle or on a playlist or whatever. It's a never skip for me. Like my list of never skips is not super long, but it includes
2: What's funny oh. is that there's some other stars in that movie too. Like Amon, who sings in Sister Rick Two is the lead singer for City High. So if you remember, oh. what would you do? That song, like he The one
1: like, that when we were kids like bopping out to it and then you actually listen
2: to <laughs> You the listen to the words, kids, yeah. And you're like, What would you oh, do if your son no. was at home crying all alone on the bedroom floor because he's hungry?
1: <laughs> you're like, oh no. Yeah. Okay. So
2: Amon from City High, like that that lead singer from City High, the guy is is in Sister Act 2 as well. So there's a lot of little, you know, hidden nuances there. But same thing, he goes through this, like, this, okay, I don't, I, you know, hey, I can sing, right? He's going through this identity crisis too, right? He's, you know, he's definitely, um, what's the best way to put this? He's trying to grapple with the fact that, like, his culture is being forgotten. So he's very much, like, Back to the motherland. Like, we need to be reminded of where music started, where it went, that sort of thing. But he's also grappling with the fact that this kid can actually really sing. And when they do the Oh Happy Day, you know, uh, scene, he starts off with this little, like, you know, little small voice. And all of a sudden he busts out this high note. And it even shocks like Whoopi Goldberg because she's like, That's what I was looking for. You got it too. You just need to share it with people.
0: It's so cool. And like, like look, let's. We need to talk about the kids, the other kids in Sister <laughs> I 2, because honestly, like, for, for as short a movie as it is, they actually, like, draw out a pretty established group of, like... It's, like, it reminds me of The Simpsons a little bit, because none of them are that... Most of them are not that complicated. They're, like, a yes. one-joke character. But they're... But you know who they all are, at least. Like, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character is... The girl who is putting on too much makeup. She's too much like, makeup. Yeah, yeah that's like,
1: why a roll call scene is pivotal in these movies. Absolutely, you know, yes. Like she's <laughs> looking in her in her compact. You've got like Lauren Hill's clearly the leader. She's like, hey, this is how it's gonna be. This is who's here. Like, why are you trying to tell us that this is how? It, like, you know,
0: yeah, Frank K. We need we need Frank to talk K. about Frank K. Oh. Oh, hey. <laughs> So, so uh, arguably the cringiest part of this movie that that in terms of holding up today. That was like, like forty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do. I don't. It's hard for me to know. Like, did did teenagers just look like that? Because that's what everyone in Saved by the Bell looked like. Well, Teen- I
1: think it was more that the actual class of students that she was teaching in the class. Was much more what I thought. Like, okay, these could be teens. Like, and you, like you said, like Jennifer Love Hewitt, Lauren Hill, were actually like eighteen years old. The first class that they like, she sticks her head into where the, she, they're doing the sex ed thing. Those were all like forty. Those so, they all had, they all had mortgages. So there's and, a families at yeah, home, there's like, a guy like, you
0: talked 40. about who's like a he's like a very tall guy with huge shoulders and a ponytail. <laughs> that like he basically he looks like yes. he's in the group. I don't, I think they were both bald, but he looked like he could have been in like (laughs) a house group, like Right Said Fred or something, you know, (laughs) from the early 90s. Very much so. He's a backup dancer for like Paula Abdul or something. There's no
2: way he's an 18 year old or a 16 year old or (laughs) whatever. Frank Hayes' partner, Sketch. Sketch has a baby face, but then he opens up his mouth and his voice is like six, you know, six octaves deep. And you're like, there's no way this kid's like 15, 16 years old. Like, what?
1: Uh, I understand that it's hard to actually it's the same thing, like like you said, it was saved by the bell. Dawson's Creek, they were all like 25 when they yeah. filmed Dawson's Creek. So like, these were not 14-year-olds, and that's fair. Like that's we don't necessarily always need to see 14-year-olds, but I just laughed at like a few of them. I was like, No, you've had a job for several years. Like
2: <laughs> there's two more people I want to talk about. Tyler, which they always like got onto for like talking so much. And you know, so Tyler's always-
1: like
0: the nerdy kid, basically. Yeah, right? he's the nerdy kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Maria um because she's like super super into her culture she's hispanic in the movie right and one of the most underrated scenes in the whole movie is when they're like Whoopi goldberg trying to teach them how to how to sing right and she's trying to get to certain octaves and that sort of thing so she's like she's like amal sing for me and he sings his mary had a little lamb line and um i think frank hay since you know he raps his mary had a little lamb line right okay cool they get to maria and she's like, I don't know. Mary had a little lamb. And she's like, what? because she, she said it so quietly. And she's like, I don't, I don't know. Mary had a little lamb. And the whole class is like, what? <laughs> and she's like, it is not her fault if she does not know that Mary had a little lamb. Like, <laughs> it's a rant about about
0: monoculture not yeah. being a thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like I cry like I crack up laughing at that part every time. I am, you can I tell that Whoopi's even that, trying to keep it together in that. Theme. And
0: the, that that girl, by the way, I I knew her from a uh, Saturday morning TV show called Beekman's World that I yeah. watched. Oh, oh, to uh, wow. she was the she was like the 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 helper on Beekman's. Do World. you know? Wow. I just looked up her IMDb. Do you know what she most or what her highest listed IMDb credit is? Uh, I, I so I think that she was in. Was she in Euphoria recently or something like
1: that? Yeah, the top, the top one on there though. She played Judge Janine Pirro in Bombshell. Incredible. (laughs) I I'm I'm just could not say, but yes, yeah, she was. She, I, she, I watched Euphoria. Now I need to look back and see who. I think she's somebody's mom in Euphoria. That, yeah, that would make sense. She says, yeah. oh, you know, okay. I think I might know who this is. I mean, Before she can't a play a I... again, you know, so.
0: <laughs> uh, also another <laughs> shout out for, for anyone who, for anyone who grew up watching Sesame Street or has children that watch Sesame Street, they priest who, who is sort of like a, uh, I would say the goofier guy, the like sort of very frantic looking brother uh, in the school. He he played a character on Sesame Street called Mr. Noodle, who uh, is like basically a mime. So your children know who uh, know who that guy is for sure. As well, well. Do
1: you know who Mr. Crisp voiced?
0: Yes. So Mr. Crisp is a is an actor who has done a ton <laughs> of stuff. That's James Coburn. But yeah. probably most people will know him as the voice of uh, Mr. Waternoose, I believe is his name, from the Monsters, Inc.
2: movie. Oh, that's him. Oh, yeah. my gosh. How did his, I not put that IMDb, together?
0: His
1: IMDb is a lot of throwbacks from like Donovan. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that I means that. that is, he's an extremely accomplished
0: actor. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean,
1: he was in, like, oh. Magnificent Seven. Yeah. And, like, his his IMDb picture is,
0: like, wow. Uh, but, okay. Well, he was really in 1928. Like, Jeez, Louise. I, I, I do want to say to like, not to overlook, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg is an as an actor that I genuinely miss seeing in new stuff. And I know she's she look she's got a right to be like, she, first of all, she's not retired anyway. She's 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 on like a daily talk show. But it's just that I don't watch it. But she, but I miss seeing Whoopi Goldberg in movies because they're really I mean she is the type of actor that there is not, you cannot substitute somebody else in for Whoopi Goldberg. It's a completely different movie. And this movie, the first movie was actually written for Bette Midler. Um, And so it would have been, it would have been a totally different vibe to the entire movie.
2: Yeah.
0: And I, I mean, I've seen a lot of the stuff that she's done from the eighties and nineties and she's, she is a, Whatever, whatever anybody thinks of Whoopi Goldberg, because, like, if you do a talk show for long enough, you're going to say some dumb stuff. But she seems to have, like, picked roles where she actually, like, cared what the point of the movie was and how it impacted people, which I always have really appreciated about her. And she just sort of has this presence when I watch her in movies where I, I automatically connect with her and sort of... Uh, have have like i don't know it's it's like weirdly comforting to watch whoopi goldberg act in a movie and she's she's great in both of these but there's like so many she did so much stuff in the 80s and 90s where the the whole movie doesn't work if whoopi goldberg's not in it
2: i would agree i would say that like color purple does not work unless whoopi was in crazy right um i I mean she had been a she
0: had been a a a stage actor i think and a comedian before that. but like yeah she got i mean that was that was very early for her in terms of it was three years after her
2: first movie that's wild so color purple is one i think about um i also think about the rogers and hammerstein's version of cinderella Mm -hmm. uh, with brandy in it like she works. She magically works as the queen. It's funny because they talked about. She's very how, like, funny in that too. Yeah, yeah, how no one even questioned that. You know, a black woman and a, and a and basically a white guy would have an Asian kid. And I think it's largely because Whoopi Goldberg like makes it work. Like she makes that role like work. Yeah. Um. And. Ghost. Like, yeah, Ghost too. <laughs> as as the mm-hmm. on
1: site. Patrick Swayze
2: fan. This is not this is not a movie, but this is more recent that she was in. So if you've seen the Amazon series Harlem, she plays a um a law professor in that series. And it's very convincing, oddly mm. enough. Um this is gonna have to go be on my list. I wasn't even aware of this. Yes, yes. So now she doesn't have like you know a ton of mm-hmm. you know uh, time in this in the series, but she's is a reoccurring character. And she's essentially challenging the main character to be better, to think deeper. Right. And it's just it's just very interesting the way that she was able to pull that off because when she popped up in that series, I was like, wait a minute, where did y'all pull Whoopi Goldberg from? I thought she was done like acting. And that's like what you're
0: describing. That is like kind of like what you do with Whoopi Goldberg in a movie in a movie or TV show, is you like you you have a main character who's very sure of themselves, and then they go meet Whoopi Goldberg somewhere, and she's like you what if you thought about it this way and they and they reconsider cuz that's what she does in that's Star Trek. That's basically the what next she generation. does in the movie. That's just what she does in the show like
1: in Star Trek and we'd like yeah, never
0: talk about. That's that. basically what her job is in Star Trek is that she's a bartender <laughs> and the captain comes to her and she's like you should think about things differently. <laughs>
2: I mean that's basic that's basically what she does in this series. Like, Camille yeah. is a law student. She's coming to her for advice because she looks up to her. Whoopi's playing this very you know esteemed law professor and that sort of thing. And she basically, in not so many words, calls Camille like dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, basically, like, hey, like, you think you're a smart girl until you step out here in this real world. Like, I need you to get it together. Um, and so like it's just very interesting to see you know her in these teaching roles, and maybe that's what she does because. I feel like no matter what you're watching, whether it's color purple or whether it's this new series, like Harlem, this newer series, I should say the Harlem, um, that she has this innate ability to push people and to get the best out of people. And I and think it's that's, also what, like, that's why *Sister Act two works so well. She's too. seen more than you. Like she's right.
0: Yeah. And, and the first one, obviously she learns from them too, but like there is some degree of that, that she, she's able to help them because she's like, you guys are all sort of stuck in here. And I've mm-hmm. actually been out there with real people with real problems, and so I know how to reach them. So that, yeah. like, that's sort of always something she brings to the table. Is you get this sense that
2: Whoopi Goldberg knows more than you, and she's seen she's seen more than you have. She said, "If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention." I mean, she Perfect. she told them like <laughs> a great a great movie, a great scene. Um,
0: so listen, I don't have. I don't – I'm not going to do a trivia s- section this week. What? Uh, because – I was very worried. This actually makes me <laughs> – Well, look, if, this is our this is our season one finale, I should say. We're – for yeah. everybody, we are going to take a break for the holidays and come back in January with a whole new season of, for the water cooler. But, I mean, it has been we, – we have done – I believe, if I counted correctly, Caroline. Yeah. Done, this is our 24th episode. So we – as – In in Caroline's favorite fashion, we have done a 24-episode season.
1: Yay!
0: (laughs) No streaming. Hour episodes. That's right. We did did a full X-Files season. Um, And one of the things that we've done for every episode also is that I've had an incredibly stupid song every single episode of this show. And that will certainly continue into season two. And I made a little something to reflect on uh, the end of our first season of for the water cooler. So, Chandler, if you want to play that, um, give, give it, give it a, give it a play for the water cooler podcast. Season one is almost done. We somehow managed to outlast Barbie streak at number one. Chats about our new favorite movies, TV shows that we have seen, that we have seen. Listening to Matt's dumb jingles, Caroline's snacking on a Kid Cuisine, Kid Cuisine. I did not do a rap verse, so don't worry.
2: <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was like, "Come on, give me the verse!" Oh man! <laughs> you know what's so funny is I just listened to this song probably two days ago because I was listening to Shameless plug. If you don't have this album, go get it. Tori Kelly, she has a Christmas album, and on it she does a Joy to the World slash Joyful, Joyful like mashup, and it's so good. It's so so good. It's yeah. Great. We we didn't really hit
0: on that, but like uh, Caroline, you'll you'll get to that. I mean that's the big climax of the movie is is this this sort of like mashup joyful joyful version. But like such a snapshot of early to mid nineties music in that it's like referencing all these other songs. It's referencing like Janet Jackson.
2: It's referencing
1: opens with a huge like medley that i was like
2: yes. yeah that's right uh it, on, which she's on, on the weightlifters she's on stage yeah like she's in Vegas. yeah, it was yeah
0: like but so, so it's cool i you know i didn't think about that it's like mirroring that at the end that it's uh, that it's all like a medley <laughs> of new music too i
2: mean that's what she does she infused all these current songs into the music so it would make it relatable for the kids and whoever yeah. else was you know at the church so and they and they won whatever it's called the state
0: choir competition yeah
2: thinking competition yeah there
0: you go, <laughs> we'll go it's that. fantastic well, uh, yeah no, but listen uh, Megan thank you so much for for coming on here and letting me rant yeah. about how much i love these movies and doing it with me and thank you to everybody who yeah. has been a guest on our show this season and has yep. been listening to our show this season uh it's been extremely fun
1: yeah
0: i love doing this i love uh i love watching random stuff and having caroline text me about it while she watches it in the two hours before we're supposed to start recording (laughs) (laughs) but honestly i genuinely this is an extremely fun thing to do and i'm so glad that uh for the win is letting us do it and i'm great i'm also grateful to our producer chandler Chandler does such a good job with this, with Woo! putting this thing together every week. We love producer Chandler. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was just trying to be like cheesy, sentimental. I'm no, trying to. I,
1: everyone who listens and has rated and reviewed or sent us tweets or messaged about things that they enjoyed, thank you so much for listening. Obviously we're not done. This feels like we're like, Oh, the end of the, it feels like an end of
0: it. Like SNL. we're just taking a little, we're just taking a little, yeah, we're taking a
1: little holiday break. Give everyone some time. We're going to, build up a a roster for guests. If you'd like to see somebody um, next season, send us a note, you know, drop us. And we're hoping to come back with a way that you can reach us more
0: directly rather than just. Yes. Uh, Among the many things we will be adding is we will have some contact uh, methods for you guys to reach out to us.
1: But Hit us up on Twitter if you have any, or sorry, X, if you have any ideas. No, we don't do that. <laughs> Hit us up on
0: Twitter. Twitter. Hey, I, I do I do want to read one more review that we got yes. that I meant to read last week. Uh, from from friend of the pod, hopefully future guests on the pod, uh, John Hammetry, who is an award-winning podcaster in his own right. Uh, John says, Matt and Caroline have such easy chemistry that it's fun to listen to them talk about a topic, even when I haven't seen it and in in parentheses basically whenever matt goes full gen x culture on us <laughs> which is incredibly insulting i look forward <laughs> to the jingle and trivia segments every week and it's a great mix of guests so thank you john for the review and everybody else mm-hmm. uh, if you have not reviewed the show yet please go help us out by doing that on wherever you listen to the show uh, yeah. megan thanks again for joining thank us you. This is super fun. yeah this was a blast i loved it and yeah. thanks everybody for listening and thanks for doing the show with me, Caroline.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for it. You know? Happy holidays everybody. And Happy holidays, guys. Twenty twenty four.